Welcome to We Are BU, a podcast brought to you by Bethel University Athletics and Eyes Up Mindset. I'm John Shirky, class of 07, here with my co-host, my friend, my teammate, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, good to see you for episode number three. You as well, man. Um, Again, just an incredible blessing to be together and to connect with these amazing people that are, you know, doing awesome stuff out in the real world in terms of our alumni, our current athletes going and chasing another type of conference championship and the coaches just leading people in an amazing way who we highlighting today we got volleyball today and what three cool conversations coach Gretchen Hunt has been there this is year 21 they're in the hunt for a Mayak championship if you are in the area go cheer them on tomorrow night I think they got Hamlin right yeah so go go get that victory and then current player Hannah Wilhite, who clearly is is high stud. level stud, and even even more so in the conversation and off the court. You know she's doing incredible stuff, and I love that this episode, Jamie. And we also talked to Katie Larson, who is one of two first team All Americans in Bethel history, and they're both in the nursing field. And Hannah's on her way there, and Katie has. I don't want to say made it because she, she has, but she's also continuing to grow and, and challenge herself in that. But what a cool time to be talking about healthcare and how Bethel University is building and growing not only athletes, but people that are going to pursue that field of service that is in such high demand right now. Absolutely. And not just serving, leading there, you know, mm. that challenge of being an elite level athlete has to carry over into who we are, right? Not just the, the physical, but the mental, the spiritual, the emotional then comes into all that we do and we get to give that away too. What a gift that these amazing women are giving and uh, what, a, what a cool program to get to, to talk about and to talk with people that are, that are growing it, changing it, challenging it every day. We appreciate you joining us to highlight the Bethel University volleyball program. What an incredible journey that they are on. Coach called it an adventure. Today, this conversation, it's going to grow and stretch you. Here we go. We are now joined by Bethel University women's volleyball coach, Gretchen Hunt. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We are excited to, I mean, you're in the middle of your season, coming to the end here in the hunt for a Mayak championship, NCAA tournament, the whole thing. So we certainly appreciate you taking some time, but tell us a little bit about kind of where you're at in that journey. I mean, and what you're up to in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's fun. I was realizing just this week that um, it were, we, we are celebrating the 20th anniversary of our 2001 Mayak championship team. Um, which kind of hit me with just some of the ways our team's been involved out in the community and some connections we have some with some alums there. But it's fun to be in a hunt again 20 years later for Mayak Championship. We are uh, headed into last, or so we're in the last week of our regular season. We go on the road tomorrow to Wartburg, who's undefeated um, and top five team in the country. Um, brought a lot of returners back and it'll be kind of a last non-conference, just great 
uh, tune-up goes great preparation for us before we play our last regular season weekend. Um, we have McAllister at home to celebrate our seniors on Friday and then Saturday Hamlin, who is actually, um, also one loss in the conference. So that match is really going to probably determine how the conference championship plays out. And when this comes so out, it'll, warp. It'll, it'll be Friday morning. So you'll have already played. We'll, we've already played and beaten Wartburg and <laughs> we're playing Saturday for a conference championship, but um, sorry, Jamie, didn't mean to, I just wanted to make sure people know the timeline. Sure. Okay. So the Wartburg game, is that purposeful? Is that intentional to say, we know that they're a real high level squad. We want to get that in as that one last non-conference kind of the pressure's off for the conference title, but we want to go and measure ourselves against the best in the country. Yeah, well, we started playing this late October match with Wartburg a few years ago. It aligns with their fall break. And so we can do, um, we can alternate home and home with them. Um, and so they, awesome. in 2019, they came up here and then we're headed back down. But yes, it's a good in-region um, opponent for region rankings and potential at-large bid, at large bid um, comparisons. And then also a great tune-up before our, our last weekend of conference. So coach, you have, let's talk a little bit about you and the program specifically. That's kind of where we're at now, but you've been doing this for a couple of years. Um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about kind of that journey from, you know, 20 years ago to, to now. Yeah. I, uh, whenever they say at our home matches and the head coach in her 21st season, I'm always looking around to see who they're talking about. Um, I can't believe that it's been that long. Um, I think that one of the things that, um, I know that I know that I know just in my heart is that Bethel is a great, great place to coach young people. When people ask why you stay, it always comes back to the people that we coach. I mean, I work with great colleagues and some of them come and go, um, Coach Johnson's been a big influence on me to talk about what it means to stay, what does staying look like and, um, how is staying a choice in and of itself and not just something that happens by accident. And so, uh, being here 20 years, I've just had the best people to coach. Um, this team is, I think each team is an adventure. And I, I really, I don't think I ever say like this team is special because every year I feel like that. So every team's an adventure. Um, this team has some unique things because we've been through a lot together. I think all teams who've been through the COVID experience um, have some really neat connections. Um, our team, the upperclassmen, we also went through a really tragic bus accident in 2018. Um, and so there are some things with those upperclassmen and coaching staff that have really just connected us um, in meaningful ways. So this team's an adventure like all of them, uh, but uh, we are really not taking for granted the opportunity to play this year after uh, what everyone around the country went through last year. Well, we kind of asked Hannah this question, you know, you guys have been amazing in deep matches, right? These matches that go four or five sets, you've been exceptional at finishing those challenging things out. And we asked her, you know, what was it? And she said, you know, Hey, like we, get to do this. Like we didn't get to do this last year. We, we realized what a fortunate gift it is. What was that experience like from a coaching perspective and how have you seen your athletes battle through, grow, change, become different because of the last 18 months 
And how has it set you guys up right now to be in the place where you are competing for a title? Yeah, I think um, I think that we've always made a point of saying don't treat something that is special as ordinary, right? And so that is a Bethel mantra across athletics. Uh, last year just allowed us to really determine were we going to live that out or was it just going to be a nice saying? Um, and so even our uh, senior day that we had with our seven seniors last year in front of no fans um, with masks on by ourselves in the Robertson Center, we, we still treated it as special. It was one of the most special nights. I'll, I'll really never forget it and the time that we had together. But the first time fans showed up this year against Morris and unlike unprovoked or un, um, I don't know why they decided to do it. When our starting lineups were announced, everybody got on their feet and stood up, um, and started cheering our fifth year senior, you know, in the lineup was, was crying on the end line and I was crying on the bench. And I do think, and I'm not a crier. Um, I do think that, that we just realized how special it is to get to do what we do. Um, and so that's been, that's been really neat. And so kind of back to what Hannah was saying, I think Hannah, Emma Carlson as our, as our kind of true seniors, and then Allie Fouth and Riley Forshe as fifth year seniors that came back on this last adventure with us have really kept that in front of people. Um, don't treat this as ordinary. You never know when you, when you won't have it. Um, and, and they are really driving the bus on that. So I would imagine last year, you guys had so much time to grow the skills right in practice and to, to just let it kind of breathe. And now you get back into the, the grind of two matches a week, three matches a week, potentially tournament this weekend, you're traveling. And then the kids are, you know, the athletes themselves are juggling the school portion of that speak to, I know that you do some compliance stuff and have some, some of the COVID responsibilities in the athletic department generally speak to what's going on for the athletes right now, as we're coming back out of that struggle and we're still in the middle of it, obviously, but what is, what is going on there for these athletes? Cause they're doing something pretty extraordinary that, yeah. you know, even us as alums can't really relate to. Yeah, it was, I missed some of the just teaching time we had last year. I think all of us coaches got I, we were like, oh, wow, this is kind of cool um, to have some of that. I think our, our sophomores across the board, across campus um, got better technically in a lot of our sports because there was not the element of always preparing for games, which you kind of tighten down and here's what we're just working on. And these people become more of practice prep people. Um, so I think that was neat that, and we've seen that like some sophomores that stepped into roles for us this year that were ready to go despite playing very few matches. Um, but on the other side of it, what they didn't have to do in the same way is balance. Like you've talked about those class schedules, um, with the same practices, with the same travel, um, with back into, Hey, let's play 30 matches in 10 weeks. So I think, um, and as a compliance person, I do hear from students across campus, Hey, you know, Hey Gretchen, I'm thinking about dropping this. This has been really hard for me to manage. Um, so I, I think that it's something, especially the sophomore class is always going to kind of 
have to get their feet under them to, um, cause they didn't have that normal freshman year. What does it look like to balance school and, and, and everything? Um, that being said, our athletes across the board do really well academically. And so they're working through it. Uh, but it's, it's different. Um, alums, you know, who come back and watch games or even, you know, I hear people just even if it's division one football, whatever, talking about why, why are we seeing inconsistent results in some things across the country? How could you lose to that team? How could, and the truth is, I don't know how, I don't know how anyone's playing consistently. Everybody really, I think our brains, I think our bodies changed over those 15 to 18 months that a lot of those kids were sitting on the couch for a lot of their classes. Um, and I think it's going to take us a while to get back to where across the board, we can expect consistent results across collegiate athletics in general. How about you as a coaching staff? I mean, I, I think you, you referenced, we've all changed. I think coaching through that creates some opportunities, obviously, to come closer together, focus on the things that you want to continue to grow and build, but, but also create some different challenges. Talk to us a little bit about your staff and kind of how you manage that and, and maybe how you came out the other side better. Yeah, I have an amazing staff. Um, so my full-time assistant, Megan Kirkhoff, was on the 2009 Gophers team that went to the Final Four and played in the played at Missouri and Minnesota um, and has been with me now 10 years. We sometimes can't believe that. And then I have three part-time staff, um, uh, adult staff with us outside of our student coaches, Callie Johnson Cox, who played on our 2015 team that went to the Elite Eight, was our starting libero. And then Kayla um, Smith Cole, who played on our 2000, yeah, I'm trying, <laughs> which team was it? The 2007 team that went to the NCAA tournament um, and is, is an amazing coach, um, has been amazing high school and club coach. And then Ariana Cheka, who also played with Meg um, at the Gophers on that 2009 team that went to the final four as a middle. So they're incredible um, I, because everybody was having babies last spring. We lost a lot of them to our, cause we don't usually have a spring season. So we didn't have them a lot last spring. So it's been so great to have them all back in the gym. Um, I think we are incredibly talented at teaching in our gym. Um, a lot of our coaches come, you know, some of them come from even a teaching background. We are really technically focused. And so I think that whenever you can break stuff down and focus on, um, here's the, here's the technique that will over time produce consistent results. Uh, then you have a chance, um, the faster the game gets and the more talented the athletes that you are playing against. So that's, um, really fun to have, uh, that staff in the gym. Um, they are really committed to all our core values that we have on our team. Um, they're super mature Christ followers. So in times when we're, if we have a, you know, like when we go through a bus accident here, we have this huge staff of mature Christ followers who are like meeting one-on-one -on -one with athletes who are walking them through the anxiety and depression that comes with that, who, um, understand that collegiate athletes have a whole lot of stress going on in their life and they can look at it from biblically centered principles of just how do we know who we are and whose we are as Christ followers and where does our identity come in that? So it's a, it's a really neat, cool staff and um, we have babies in the gym all the time, which is a lot of fun too. So we love that. So I, I can't help but think, right? You, you talk about your core values, you talk about a staff of committed, mature Christ followers. How does that 
perspective, right? The digging in on the core values. And, and I would, I'd love for you to speak to those and what some of those are so that, you know, anybody that might be thinking about, I want to go and play here because the thing is going in the right direction, competing for my conference titles, but who you are and whose you are, like you just said, is such an, a powerful part of, of the freedom of playing well, yeah. getting to a place where you can play at an elite level is from an understanding of who I am deeply as a player, as an athlete, but also understanding deeply who I am founded and rooted in my faith in Christ and being able to have adults speak that life into kids is so powerful. How do you guys do that? And through the lens of what core values? Cause I think that's a really important part of who you guys are. Yeah, I feel, um, our core values are, um, we, we, I think we maybe have a longer list than some people and they're not, um, kind of super, like they're not one word connected to it, but some of, um, but we, how we build them into our program, we start talking about them in preseason. And the first night we have returners go around and say, Hey, this, I want to introduce this core value. Here's what it means to me. Um, we, we have a little series going on our Instagram, um, that we've, we've taken at least three of them and we've had alums talk about them, what they mean to them and how they're impacting their day-to-day life. Um, so the ones we've highlighted, uh, there, one of them is we are willing to be uncomfortable in our pursuit of excellence. I would say that's maybe the foundational one. Um, just acknowledging that if you're going to chase after something great in life, that you're going to be, unco- you, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. And what does that look like? Uh, so that, that there's a great episode about that one. Um, one of ours that is really interesting for, especially maybe dealing with women. I don't know, is, uh, we mean no offense and take no offense. So we start out just every interaction with everybody's trying to do their best. Our coaches are trying to do their best when something happens, um, that maybe I don't understand or that hurts my feelings. I'm going to start from the place of, you know, I mean, no offense and take no offense. I love that core value. And we talk a lot about how, if they approach the rest of their life, that way that they will filter interactions with other people really differently. Um, one of our, one of our ones that's easy to talk about every day is we bring our best selves to practice. So we talk about what best selves looks like. What does that look like from an eye can eye contact standpoint and energy standpoint. And that best self doesn't mean I have a hundred, you know, I, that phrase people say I have 110%, you know, give me 110%. What we talk about is whatever you have in the tank, give us hundred percent of that. So if you have 50% in the tank today, just give us that 50%. And someone who has, you know, hundred percent will help pick you up today. Um, and then the last one, um, that we just recently focused on was we want our four-year experience to have an unspeakable impact on our lives. Um, so we're kind of highlighting the idea that even if their four-year experience at Bethel doesn't include volleyball the whole time, that we want this four-year experience. We want them to say, I can't, I can't even describe what that impact was. Um, we just recently did some um, uh, collaborative service out in the community with, uh, one of our alums nonprofits, Carissa Carroll, who runs Jack's basket, which is a really cool nonprofit. And our players, uh, went and served at their big gala this year. And, and Carissa came to talk to our team and talk about what volleyball meant in her life, um, how it's impacted what she's doing out in the world, um, and kind of challenge them to what, how do you make other people better around you? And what does that look like? And, And so we love coming full circle and bringing alumni back to kind of talk about, here's how this has impacted my life. And so if you are willing to commit, 
you know, commit to this, um, experience, uh, it can really, it can, it will be something you won't even be able to describe when you're done about what it, what it really meant to you. Boy, what, what a challenge and a, and a cool thing. I mean, I think Jamie, you and I have talked about in the past where it's like, we know that that place left a lasting impact on us. And when we left, we maybe didn't recognize it until, you know, two, three, five, seven, 10 years down the road, whatever it might be. But I I think the challenge to continue to bring that to the forefront in terms of like, make this an incredible experience that it impacts every day of your life. Coach, I want to talk a little bit about player development. You talked about technical teaching and I think that's great. And I think, you know, ultimately we're, we're competitors. We want to win. And that's a huge part of it. Jamie and I host another podcast weekly about mindset and and the mental side of performance. And one of the things that I was intrigued by, you introduced us to Hannah and you Mm -hmm. referenced her top strengths finder strength. Is that something you guys do as a team? And if so, how do you implement that and use that to give you an advantage? Yeah. So we, um, we, I love strength finder. Strength finder really helped me as a coach understand, understand my strengths and where I also needed to shore up kind of, you know, with my assistant coaches, where, where did I have to build skill, but I wasn't super gifted. Um, so we've spent, we've had some years, um, more than others. We've spent more time on that. Um, Joseph Dvorak, who used to be an assistant with us, um, before he moved out of Minnesota was a consultant in that field and was really helpful to us. Um, but we, yes, with some of the upperclassmen, we've spent quite a bit of time with that. Um, and one of the ways that we really try to get people um, to be thinking about it is that uh, you have your unique gifts and strengths, whether you use strength finders or not. One of our core values is I will earn it. I will um, like truly discern, try to discern what my gifts are and figure out how to give those away to the team, you know, for free. And that's, you know, that's a Bethel athletics thing. How do you give your gifts away for free? We're trying on the front end to get them to think about too. Okay, but but what are those gifts and how do you discern them? And you probably have some wisdom about that yourself individually. And those gifts that you give away to the team are something the coach doesn't determine. So I determine your role. I determine your playing role. I determine what practice looks like for you. But I I do not determine those things that you give away to the team. I don't determine if you're kind of um, if you are the the um, encourager optimist who's constantly speaking positivity and life into other people. I don't determine if you're one of the um, competitors who has competition high in your strengths, which means every day at practice, you're measuring gaps and trying to figure out how to, how you improve. Those are things that they own and that I don't get to either take away or give them. So that's, that's one of the things we're really trying to work on them. What is it? How are you gifted? How is it different than everyone else? And what can you give away for free? I, we obviously, John mentioned, we, we do this. This is what we do. We talk to people in elite fields that talk about this exact same stuff. What a gift it is to be able to, to highlight this stuff at such a young age and to understand if I take this skill and develop it somewhere in sport, I now know how to translate this skill outside of sport. And I, you know, I just think that there's power in that for you specifically, you've been, like you said, 21 years, the head coach, what has changed for you? You talked about staying, right. You talked about that being a choice in and of itself. How have you personally 
wrestle with that strength, wrestle with growing those gap areas or those deficiency areas or whatever it might be, whether it be, you know, through the the process of being around the amazing other staff that has come and gone in your staff or at Bethel in itself, what does that journey look like to, to put you where you are today and say, I am better, stronger, still growing, you know, wherever that is. Yeah, that's a great question. Wow. Thinking about all those years. Um, so I had the best boss when I had Bob Bjorklund, he just was somebody who, um, you know, really spoke life into me all the time and was a great listening ear. So that, that was huge. Um, Joseph that I mentioned, um, as we really dove into strength finders, like my own gifts, how I saw them instead of seeing them as things. So for example, mine are focus, my top three focus achiever competition, Um, so nothing relational, um, they all, and then input and delivered input and deliberative are my next two, which have to do with, um, pulling in a lot of information and then, um, kind of taking a long time to make decisions basically. Um, so I'm how focus works for me is I am super focused on whatever's happening right in front of me. I think, uh, that used to sometimes come out as, um, players, you know, she doesn't see me, she doesn't know who I am in the same way that maybe some other coaches I've had do. Um, but, but how focus comes out as a strength is everyone to a person, people say our practices are, we just don't waste time. Our practices are focused. We know what the, we know what we're working toward. We know what the goal is. We get in there, we get out of there, what we need to get out. But what it's helped me do is be able to describe to them, um, Hey, here's how my focus works. You guys, like if you are injured, I, I might not even know if you're at practice or not, cause you're not out on the floor in front of me. So it's just been a good common language for me to be able to describe with them. Here's how this strength works in me, but it, here's also how this strength helps us as a team, um, move forward. So, so knowing your strengths as a coach, I think is a huge, huge deal. Megan, my assistant, my top assistant has empathy as her number one. She feels everything that's going on. She knows when two people are not, when they're mad at each other, she'll, she can tell just by how they're playing on the court. Um, I'm looking at where they're standing. She's looking at how their eyes are, are like making eye contact or not while they're standing there. So I love what an amazing it. balance. Yeah, that's it right. is. I mean. <laughs> and sometimes we laugh that I'm like, Megan knows I'm angry before I do. Cause I'll look at her face and I'll see her face. And I'm like, Oh, I'm angry clearly. <laughs> Cause Megan's reflecting that back to me. So, um, we, we really, uh, love having a variety of staff and I think it's lengthened my career. It's helped me understand how, um, how I'm built and to not try and be something else that I'm not. I think that's a lesson. A lot of coaches at any level can, can, internalize and grow from because I think again as coaches we're competitors and let's be honest there's a little bit of ego in us you know as much as we fight that sometimes there is and and to be able to say hey and this is this is a theme that I think you know we've talked to Nick in the golf program and we talked to Greg Peterson to start with and my guess is this is going to continue as we talk to different programs but it's this willingness to say I know that I don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm not perfect and I'm going to do what I can to get better and to surround myself with people that will make us collectively better. And one thing that came to mind, you, you referenced a couple of different, let's call them mantras, but that are 
athletic program wide and, and you say them and in my head, you know, we played football here. Coach so <laughs> I see coach Shay saying the same thing yeah. and to hear Nick say the same thing two weeks ago when we interviewed him, what do you think? I mean, is that talk a little bit about the intentionality of that, a whole athletic department kind of moving in the same direction and from, you know, an insider and now an outside observer, there's no coincidence that, all of the programs at Bethel, it seems like, are on this upward trajectory. And talk, maybe yeah. make that connection for us if there is one. Yeah, well, they we don't have like a class that we sit down and they teach us to memorize them. So that that's not what's happening. And I will, I would, you know, I would say this, that I believe, you know, I came here 21 years ago and that was a handful of years, you know, whatever it was, nine behind when Steve started as the head coach. But um I truly believe, I do believe that, um, who he is, the son of this pastor, who's also, uh, you know, loves football, passionate about it. I believe he was kind of built to be here. And I think that, um, he has infused our department with a lot of his passion and wisdom around, um, just around like loving Jesus, becoming, looking more like him on a day-to-day basis, but doing it with excellence. And so it's, so it's not an accident and it, but it's not a top down thing either. It's not something where we were sat in a room and said, here's how Bethel athletics will be. It's, it's organic. Um, it comes from conversations that people have listening to others talk. Um, and, and those like copy machine conversations where you're standing there, you know, waiting to make copies and someone starts asking you questions and then talking about your programs and then giving you a piece of advice. Um, and then, you know, speaking encouragement into you when you're struggling. So I think he's sure a big foundation of it. Obviously, you know, Bob coach Bjorkland, um, who's just recently retired, you know, was somebody who kind of helped, um, who just helped infuse that as you met with him individually. Um, and, and now coach Peterson, Greg Petey, um, whatever you call him, he's, you know, certainly, um, continuing that on with his own stamp and his own flair, um, and his own just sense of diligence and excellence. So the easy, the, the true answer is it's organic, but, um, Steve is a huge foundation of that. And, um, and I also think that just Jesus Christ being at the center of what we do, um, as Christ followers, you know, that, I mean, that makes all the difference, right. That we can, um, that we can say, here's like, I want to look a little more like Jesus tomorrow. And I want to recruit and coach kids that want that. And we're going to fail at it a whole bunch of times, but we're just gonna, we're just going to keep trying. Um, and and back to the, I think a piece, one of you said athletics gives you the safe place to try that stuff out. So failing publicly, you know, if we had a loss to Augsburg on Saturday, which could easily happened, it could have, there's so many things that one could have gone one way or the other failing super publicly in that way, it's still failing in volleyball. And so when we get to talk about, here's what, this is a safe place to try this out. This is a safe place to work on. Um, not listening to my weak voice, letting my strong voice win um, in my head. This is a safe place to try out understanding that comparison is the thief of joy. I need to compete, but um, comparison is just going to rob me for my whole life of the um, joy and the gifts that I have. So this is, if we can keep athletics in the right perspective, it's a safe place to do it, but 
Um, but these are foundational things we can practice for our jobs, for our marriages, for our parenting, for our being, a, you know, daughters and sons of people somewhere down the road. Um, that's what is really cool. I just think about how much like you said it, we want these four years. I was there for two and a half. Right. And I was <laughs> shaped in this way that I can't stop talking about it. Right. You know, it's a joke with my, my, extended family or my <laughs> now married family, like, Oh, you went to Bethel. Really shocker. Right. Because I can't stop talking about it. But the thing that happened there is that the leaders there, you people coaches modeled such tremendous, like garden friendships, right? This place where you guys are willing to grow together and you showed us how to do that. And then we wanted to replicate that mm -hmm. because we saw how much it fed who you guys were. And now I do that you know, with John, with my other peers, with other like people in my life. And I get to give that away again, all while trying to grow myself in the mm -hmm. same way. And, and we are so grateful to have this platform, to have these sort of conversations because it's growing me today. The things that you're talking about to say, oh, it's sport. It's not that big a deal. Well, what other places do we compare? And it's just not that big a deal yeah. when at the end of the day, you know, again, a coach Jay's and when we're a child of the King, what else matters in some right. ways, you know? And so, um, I just, I'm, I'm infused with joy and gratefulness and gratitude about this conversation because it reminds me of how awesome it was to be there under people yeah. like yourself and, and the gifts that you guys give. So, um, for that, thank you. And, uh, thank you for what you give to the community at large. And we are so excited to, to cheer on your, your people here in, in the next couple of weeks as they, they seek this Mayak conference championship. Yeah. Well, thank you. We're, um, we're looking forward to chasing something special. It's, it's the chasing the matters and we'll see if we catch it, but, um, it's been, it has been an adventure with this team and we're not going to take any days for granted. That's for sure. Thanks coach. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Hannah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys. Excited to be with you all. So I do want to get to the accolades in your resume a little bit. So people have an understanding who maybe don't follow Bethel volleyball as close closely as, you know, certainly Jamie and I do, but no, but before we get to that, you are in a pretty sweet film room right now. And Jamie and I are both a little bit in awe. So tell us a little bit about where you're at right now. Yeah, this is, it's pretty new, I think, to campus within the last couple of years. But this is our film room um, for all sports. We spend a lot of time in here scouting our teams, and it is a blessing to have this room. There's a big TV even next to me and whiteboards and projectors in front, and it is a really sweet room that we now have. You get updated, man. We, we watched film anywhere we could find an empty room, empty classroom, not nearly as comfortable or as swanky. This is awesome. Congratulations that you get to be there during this time. Jimmy, do you think that, do you think Oreos taste as good in that room as they do in the Probably basement not. of, okay, Probably not. Probably not. All right. Back to Hannah. You obviously we're excited to have you on. You come with incredibly high praise from your coach. Some of the accolades, you know, you're right at the end of your senior season right now, I think. Right. So, but you know, she mentioned you, you were already a two-time All-Mayak, probably going to be a three-time after the, the year is over. 
you have a rookie of the year, you've got an all region, and it sounds like you have a pretty good shot at all American this year. What does that resume, when you hear that, what do you think? I mean, does that sound like your resume? Does that feel real to you? It doesn't quite feel real. I, I've never been one to really kind of focus on that stuff. Um, I, I think it's just how I am and how I've grown up that I am really focused on other people. Um, and so it's super fun to me to see like Kirsten last week getting athlete of the week and to see her comparing to other hitters just really excites me. And so like that stuff just kind of doesn't feel real to me and almost kind of feels like yesterday that I was the freshman and hearing that I was this rookie of the year that I hadn't even heard of this award and it flew by too quickly, but it almost doesn't feel real. So you are a setter and you talk about how like your focus all the time is just making other people look good, right? I mean, that's the whole job is to put people in positions to succeed seed how has the Bethel experience put you in position to have all that resume that we just talked about you know because that has to come with a lot of stuff it's team it's coaches it's all these things what has the Bethel experience done to allow you to get to this place where it feels like man that success doesn't feel like it's it's just mine and I'm it's certainly not just yours right it's a it's a thing that has come because you've been around great people too yeah, I think there's a lot that goes into that. We we really focus on our core values as a team. And in the beginning of the season, we go over those. Um, and we have upperclassmen too that talk about what those look like in their lives. And a lot of our core values point back to how we can bring our best selves every day, but then how we can serve our teammates. And so a lot of that looks like competing with the person next to you, but in a healthy way. And I think that contributes a lot to us almost ignoring some of these like rewards and being focused more on the rewards that the person next to us is getting because we're competing against them every day. And they're the ones that are, you know, pushing you to get better. And even our coaches will say, sometimes if you go up and you get a hard hit and it's not a kill, but it made them scramble and move, our coaches will tell you, you know, count that as a kill in your head because it might not be on the stat sheet but you were able to get them out of system or you were able to get a free ball back. And to us, that's a kill. And so I think the culture that the coaches bring alongside those core values, they really stress, you know, serving your teammates and pushing each other to be the best people, but then players. And so it takes the focus a little bit more off of some of those accolades that can come in. Man, what an incredible challenge and skill to have. You know, we're talking about you finishing up your senior season and moving on probably with your life in some capacity. And I want to get into what you're doing kind of on a weekly basis as far as your education too. But what an incredible challenge to show up, be your best every day, serve others, compete with them and celebrate not only the kill, right? Not only the thing that goes in the stat book, but the thing that sets maybe, maybe sets it up for success, even if it's not technically a success right now. But tell us a little bit about your academics and kind of your journey, where you're at right now. Yeah, so I'm a nursing major. Um, there's light at the end of the tunnel, almost there. And I have loved it. It's, it's for sure challenging. Um, and it was ironic when I decided, you know, I want to be a nurse and I want to pursue volleyball in college. Almost every place I went to told me I couldn't do it and told me you're either gonna to have to choose your sport or choose a different major. And 
I was not willing to settle on either of those. And so it's, it's been a hard journey, but also one that, you know, I'm not going to let people stop me and tell me that I can't do both of my passions. And Bethel provided me with a place that I could play high level volleyball and pursue nursing. And it's been great. There's moments that you just struggle and it is hard, but it's been, it's been worth it. So I actually taught uh, another athlete on your team, Mariah Rickard, who's also uh, going to chase the nursing yes. process, right? She was, she was a student for me a few years ago and was in my leadership stuff and just an awesome kid. And, you know, I was talking to her and she's like, it's tough. It's really, really challenging because you have to do so much for the nursing program that really kind of limits your capacity to train and focus and think about volleyball. You know, your coach says two days a week, you're spending almost, you know, no time on campus. You're off serving and working and in a hospital and doing these things, showing up at five in the morning. Like, how does that stuff, you know, limit or refocus or, you know, what does the nursing program look like in such a way that is that challenge, but also you, you keep showing up and doing volleyball. Yeah, it's, she is so right. It is challenging. And even when you get to this point, you know, in junior and senior year, you are at the hospital at around 530, two days a week, and you're there until practice time when you're running in and changing out of your scrubs or running onto the bus for a game um, in your scrubs. And she is so right that it takes up so much of your day or the little breaks that you have in your day, you are spending studying. And I think for me then, volleyball has been a place to just leave all that behind. And so it has been that time for me where it's like, this is so nice. I don't have to stress about the exam that I have or maybe the day I had at the hospital and I just get to be present with my teammates. And I think that right there is one of the biggest blessings of to how people come alongside you and they're like, Hey, I know you might only have, you know, 25% in your tank today from the day that you had at the hospital, but I am going to help you use that 25% to the best of your ability today in practice. And so it's, it's a challenge physically, mentally, emotionally, it's a challenge in all areas, but for me, that's been kind of the escape is to go to practice and know I have these two hours to just play the sport I love and have no worry about whatever assignment is due or whatever I need to do. And I just get to be here next to some of the best people in the world. So Hannah, we, Jamie and I host another podcast. It's called the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. And we, we interview people like you and we ask, and so this is my mindset question, you know, my lens, because I hear you talk about that. And I think it's a unique thing for you to say, Hey, I can go from taking my scrubs off to now I'm focused right now on this hour two or whatever it is at volleyball practice. And I don't worry about anything else. And then I go to the next thing. I think, so I guess my question is, is that something that has comes naturally to you? Or is that something within the program? I mean, you mentioned people saying, Hey, I know that you've had a difficult day. We're going to help you be the best version, but Talk to me a little bit about, is that natural to you? Is that part of the program or how, how does that work in terms of being able to compartmentalize and, and get the best out of your time at the moment? Yeah. So some of it, I will credit to my dad growing up. I will give him a ton of credit for how he raised us um, and to be focused on, Hey, you have school, you're doing great in school, you know, Excel and all that got us placed you in. 
but then when you're at volleyball, he's given you stability. So go use it and go excel in that. And so there's a lot of credit that goes to him and how he raised us to really focus on the different aspects and the different abilities that God has given us and to work hard and excelling in all those. Um, but then coming to Bethel, one of those core values is to bring your best self. And from day one, that one hit me pretty hard being a nursing major because there were a lot of days that I came in feeling like, man, I only have 50% to give. And you kind of feel bad for giving that 50%. But the coaches really stress, like, you are not going to feel 100% every single day, but that is okay. And so it is okay for you to come and not have much in your tank, but you have to give all that's in your tank. And so part of it for sure was growing up and having my dad just stress, like, God has given you so much. And you can glorify him through excelling in all of it. And that's how you glorify him. But then coming to Bethel and having coaches who say, hey, I totally see that you're tired, but whatever's in your tank, I need you to give the rest of it. And so there's a little bit that comes from each of those. That's awesome. And so much of what you guys have talked about, some of the stuff you guys, that you and John have spoken to, leads me to this thing that I've noticed in paying attention to you guys through the course of the year, you win a lot of close matches, you know, this weekend you won a five setter again, you've won a bunch of five set matches. It feels like when you guys get into those high pressure, high moments, like what we do is we just focus on giving what we have right now. And you guys are, are doing an unbelievable job of executing those in those moments. What else is it about this team that finds a way when it gets tough? You know, I think, I think the COVID year had a lot to do with it about shaping. I'm sure it shaped many other teams out there, but I think it really shaped us because when you come in every day for a whole year working hard with, you know, no games or really no end goal in mind, all you can do is come in and work on maybe a different skill or work on something that you need growth in. And I think training for that whole year really prepared us to come in and have this goal and say, you know, we're going to do whatever it takes now to get this goal because we've trained for a year and we've sacrificed so much for a year to be where we are. And so I think when it comes to those five set games, everyone's just super focused and disciplined on we are so prepared and equipped for this. And now it's time to just use everything from that last year to just like give it all in those last couple points. And I think COVID kind of reminded us all of the blessing it is to be on the court and to be competing for something that, you know, you can reach and is like within your reach. And so to be at those five setters, I think everyone is just super grateful to even be on the court and to be like, we are playing another team that's not our own. You know, we're playing for a conference championship and it is just like a couple of points away. And I think seeing that is super helpful. And this last year has pushed us all and prepared us all for some of those last points. Hannah, I can't help but think about the words that your coach shared about you as, as one of, in the 21 years that she's been the head coach, probably the single hardest worker, especially in managing your schedule, coming to practice, giving your whatever is in your tank that day. And I think, you know, the question is incredible, Jamie, what, what sets this team apart? But we talk a lot about modeling the behavior, the mindset, the attitude of 
what what you want, not only yourself, but your team. And I think your team probably takes a lot from you seeing that you put in the time, you spend a lot of time. Your coach talked about lonely practice, right? Getting a lot of reps, maybe when there isn't anybody else in the gym. And I think, again, that model that you have given to the team, I think is a gift. And so I, I love hearing you talk about we and us and all of that stuff, but you need to know that the model that you're giving and the gift that you're giving to your teammates and to the Bethel community is incredible. So I appreciate you and all that you're doing and best of luck uh, in the next couple of weeks here and we'll see what happens. Yeah, thank you. Good luck. Go get Mayak championship. Oh, that's the goal. That's what we're hoping for. One at a time. Thanks, Anna. Yeah, of course. Thank you, guys. We now welcome on Katie Larson, Bethel alum and 2001 All-American. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, John. Hi, Jamie. Thank you for having me today on uh, the podcast. Absolutely. Our honor, right? One of two first team All-Americans in program history, Mayak player of the year, really cool stuff. Our question though, is a little bit less on how you got to that mountaintop level, but really just how the Bethel experience as a whole has shaped you as a person and specifically what role the sports piece in that has allowed you to become. And we'll, we'll ask a few more questions, but that, that idea of what has this place done for you? Bethel has been a transformation in my life at the time. Um, before entering Bethel, I was at another Division II college and on a full-ride scholarship. Um, hadn't yet declared a major, and I played two seasons there, and I was like, what am I doing with my life? Where am I going? I was a believer at the time. I recently accepted Christ through crew, and when I was at a point I'm here for my sport. It felt like a job. It was a career. And I talked to my parents. I said, I want to leave. I want to focus on nursing. This program doesn't, or the school doesn't have a program. Where am I going to go? So I applied a lot to all the local places in the Twin Cities and God led me to Bethel. I had no idea how this was going to happen. How was I going to afford it? Um, but he made a way and led me to where I needed to be at that time in my life and Bethel and the Bethel volleyball program has transformed and changed my life. And to this day, I look back and tell everyone I share my story with that. I gave up that full athletic scholarship to take on student loans. And I do not regret one piece of it for the life transforming um, changes that it made in me. So I, I think that's hard for some people to grasp because I think, you know, Jamie also played at a division two school transferred into Bethel to play football I wanted to play basketball and football. And so that's why I came to Bethel. I could have gone and played uh, different places too, but that choice to say, I'm going to take on debt. And, and now it means a whole different thing than it did even when we were in school. But at that time it was still a lot of money. And, and I think some people have a hard time understanding, and maybe you can talk maybe just a little bit more detail in, as far as like, why was it worth it? Because there's a, a people out there that are like, there's no way that X amount of dollars could be worth it for two years of your life. But maybe if you have an experience or a story that maybe highlights that. Yeah, I think it's taking a risk. It's taking a risk and trusting that God is going to provide. And he led me to friendships that are lifelong. He has led me to other experiences in my life and a career currently where I'm 
trained, educated, and certified as a nurse practitioner, yet I'm back at the bedside working as a registered nurse in our current climate of healthcare. And what a humbling experience that is. Um, so I think just not seeing it then, but now seeing it, that God just leads me and provides in ways that we can never see. And so taking on that risk, I think there is something to be said for that. And um, yeah. Well, that, that big risk means big trust too, right? It means deep faith. And um, I think, you know, I had a, a, a colleague, I'm a, a teacher, and I had a colleague that used to say us as college athletes had to take these big leaps of faith to say, you're going to coach me really hard and I'm not going to be offended. You're going to push me really hard and I know that it's going to grow me, even though maybe that wasn't my experience prior. How does that like knowledge that, I understand hard work. I've been pushed and coached and challenged in big ways, prepare you to be in the current healthcare crisis that is facing, you know, the world. And, and how are you prepared to do that? Maybe in a way that other people haven't and how have you led through it? I think is an interesting question too. Yeah. I think, um, just knowing that we'll get through it. Uh, there's hard times and yeah, the big faith and, trusting I just and knowing that this too shall pass we will get through this um, our team verse uh, back in 2001 um, that we chose was second Timothy um, 1 7 for God did not give us a spirit of timidity but a spirit of power of love and self-discipline so I think for me that means just showing up every day being authentic being true and being a Christ-like woman in my, to my um, colleagues, to the patients I serve. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And if anything could cause us to have that spirit of timidity, right. Is, is this last 18 to 24 mm -hmm. months and would have been very easy to just say, Hey, it's not worth it. I need to go do something else. And I, I think, you know, I have a, special place in healthcare. My wife works in healthcare administration out here in Montana and, um, you know, the healthcare industry right now, and to get to talk to you and also Hannah, who's a current player yeah. in the nursing program, I think there was no better time to, to have this conversation with you guys. And certainly we appreciate all of the service that you guys have provided to, to all those patients and, and to the rest of us in this time. Thank Can you, you speak to your decision to go back to the bedside rather than you know, be in a position of authority power, like you've had that training, what, why choose to go and serve with people so close? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the start of the pandemic, uh, I was furloughed for three months. Um, they just shut down the urgent care I was working in and it was very hard. It was hard to accept. It was hard. I'm a trained professional in the medical field and I'm not, I felt like I wasn't needed all I kept saying is I just want to go to New York and I'll work wherever we're needed or wherever the most people at the time, you know, we were told we're dying and um, bringing me back. I was out in California for several years and did my training out there. And one of the hospitals I worked at had a program called NODA, No One Dies Alone. And I'm sitting on my couch one day on leave or furlough. And I just said, I don't want anybody to have to die alone that's facing this when you know they couldn't have visitors or their loved one or their families and I just had this vision of like God saying Katie just go be at someone's bedside even if I don't get paid something 
And so when I was furloughed, I got called back in July, things, you know, whole working structure had changed and I just didn't feel right about it. I just said, I want to go back and serve people and serve patients as I was trained as a nurse and to just get to the heart of helping people. And I think from the provider role, um, there's a little bit more hands-off in a sense. So I'm still trying to navigate the waters of a nurse practitioner and seeing what a good fit will be in the future. But here I am, and I'm thankful to be doing it. It's very hard work, but um, this is where God has called me. So I'm excited. Thank you for sharing your story about what makes Bethel University a transformational experience. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of We Are BU. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another fantastic conversation. In the meantime, check out the Bethel Athletics website for up-to-date scores, team schedules, highlights, all those sorts of things. The biggest thing that we ask about this and our goal is to grow one another to get better every day. Subscribe, follow, and share it with somebody that you think may find value. It's a great day to be a Royal. See you next time.